Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio. I'm Brandon Johnson, and uh, Chris Hurst is here. Ron is not here with us, but we do have a special guest. Rob Lewis is going to be sharing... um, some amazing uh, information with us about Operation Underground Railroad, and we are excited to have him tonight. That's going to be a great time, and uh, just sharing um, what's going on in the world, how to wake people up to what um, the challenges that we're facing um, in our world right now. And uh, we have Chris. Chris is out there fighting the good fight out there in LA right now. You're actually what in Hollywood, Chris? Why don't you give us an update? What 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 are you up to? And then we'll get to Rob right after you. Yes, um, you can see I'm not in my studio. I am uh, in beautiful downtown Burbank, just a stone's throw from Hollywood. And uh, I'm in Hollywood for a week on a training assignment and prayer assignment for some on-site key Hollywood occult altars and places of activity that um, the occult's been working. And I'm with some prayer warriors at a Hollywood church plant that's just one block off Hollywood Boulevard near the Chinese theater and the church is discipling and training up believers who are actors and singers, songwriters, script writers, who by the way, are all on strike. The script writer um, strike is in full swing, Uh, but this church is um, developing uh, these um, many of them new Christians uh, who've, who've come to Christ and they're wanting to take, um, their God story back into their the workplace. So they're developing a marketplace ministry by helping them mature as followers of Jesus. And then uh, what, you know, Hollywood's basically known for casting couch auditions and perversion and Hollywood sex parties and reveries and drug and alcohol excess and pedophilia and spirit cooking and occultism and, you know, the selling your soul to the devil to get your part. And so... There, that is very much alive and well in Hollywood. All you have to do is walk down the street and you're going, oh my goodness, they don't hide anything in this town. And so that I'm here to help with some development and training in that area and then do some on, la- on the spot prayer assignments against a lot of these occult places. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for doing that. We know that prayer has power. Uh, the scripture says that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. So we, we pray and then we ask God what we should do and then he does it, but he uses us to also do it. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we're, we're here tonight um, with Rob Lewis is that, you know, God has given his children the opportunity to bring his kingdom on the earth. It's not just something we not just we don't just pray. We know that prayer has power and moves, but then we also act um, as we see God calling us to act. And so um, Rob Lewis is the regional director um, and officer for Operation Underground Railroad, which is Tim Ballard's organization, which is primarily focused on stopping the horrible um, practice of uh, sex trade uh, and sex trafficking of children, children, you know. And so we're just, you know, we've been talking about this on the show uh, pretty regularly. Um, many of our listeners along with us have been waiting for this movie to come out for the last two years. We've been hearing about it. Um, we've heard um, truth tellers online talking about it coming out, people that have seen sneak pe- previews of it. Uh, people have said that this movie causes them um, that when when the movie's over, there's not a dry eye in the room uh, because it's it's just so heartbreaking. But also 
brings hope that this situation is changing. So, Rob, we're just so glad that you're here tonight and you're with us. Thank you for, for being on Wake the Bear. Yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, um, the big thing about what we do is getting loud and raising awareness. And the ways to do it is I'll go you know, anywhere on any time on any platform to do that. So thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. And, and I got a chance to talk to you a little bit here and there about your story and how you got involved with Operation Underground Railroad. But a lot of people are still not fully aware of what Operation Underground Railroad is. And I'm wondering if you could just kind of give us a brief overview of, you know, who is Tim and how did this start and, and then, and then how you got involved. We'd love to hear that. Okay, cool. So look at the end of the day, I mean, we have a tagline, you know, we exist to rescue children from sexual trafficking and sexual exploitation. And that's it, you know, and that started with, Tim Ballard, um, you know, who was a government officer um, in into a division called H, you know, Homeland Security HSI, and was stationed in you know Calixico, Mexico. And as he was, you know, working his investigations, um, one, he became very good at it. He's it's what he does. Um, but two, you know, he would work these cases and if there was an American interest or an American embassy involved or an American citizen or an American trafficker, and it could be tried in American courts. Well, they built their case and they would take down a network or a ring or a person. Um, But what Tim was finding is they were sending him out to also, um, you know, something good that America does is we'll go out and train other governments that ask for their, that type of training. So he's in Haiti and in um, Colombia training officers on, um, the techniques uh, that he's used and, and and also created. And what happened was he basically was like, Hey, let's go see if everything we're teaching you is working. And within 20 minutes, they were very effective. And so he came to a crossroads in his life. And um, I, you know, it just became, I'm either going to rescue these kids on this operation that I've started or I'm going to have to give it to a nonprofit that will go and do the work that I want to do. And I'll just go back to the government. And he's got nine months, you know, until he's fully vested on a pension. And I think like any human being, any great person, they go, I can't let these kids, you know, this is my case. I, I can't. He walked away from the government and he founded Operation Underground Railroad. I think at the time it was like you know, underground railroad project, but eventually he changed it to operation underground railroad, but he went on Glenn Beck. I mean, it's a neat story and they raised a bunch of money and they went out there and did it. And that he was smart enough. Okay. He's very smart enough to know, like, we better document this work because I don't think people will believe what we're doing or when, 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 you know, the righteousness happens, you know? Uh, and so he documented it and that's uh, what became operation triple take. Um, a lot of people have seen Operation Two Saint, which is the one that's free on Prime and it's been on there a long time. But we finally have, you know, um, Operation Triple Take, and that's what I'm playing leading up to Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom is going to be an amazing movie about Tim Ballard, and it'll tell that story. And it, it and it's and it's very easy um, to follow the story. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that's that's just the story about Tim Ballard. Um, and, and it's a it's a beautiful story. And then it goes into, you know, then we obviously can pick up on the foot. But, you know, a lot of people would always ask me, when is it coming out? Where, when do I get to see it? So it's finally here. It was never 
Operation Underground Railroad. We don't own the movie. We it's not. It was produced by award winning you know directors and producers, and Angel Studios picked it up. And and Tim Ballard's uh, I, you know it's about his life, his rights. I believe you know is what is is what really gets sold in the end. But um, but the greatest thing about Tim Ballard is I've gotten to spend enough time with him to know him, and um, he's the re he's the reason I'm here. Um, but this is a person that I've seen around the biggest celebrities. This is a person I've seen around, you know, the meekest person and, you know, he doesn't do it for fame or fortune. I mean, this is a guy that truly believes, you know, that God is watching him and he will be able to tell God I saved without a doubt. And he probably thinks he hasn't saved enough the children. And that's what he really does. And it's, 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 it's amazing uh, to follow his leadership. I've seen him um, when people say, don't do this, let's not do this rescue. And he goes through with it because he knows that it needs to be done. And it leads to another operation that leads to another operation. And then six months later, you're sitting on the precipice of, 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 of a giant rescue that'll obviously be coming out called the hidden war as well later on. And, and it's because he said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to stand by and let this happen. And that's goes to that old saying, right. That, you know, bad things happen when good men kind of stand down. And he's one of the greatest men that I've seen rise to the occasion and rise every single time. And he knows the problems in and out. He preaches about him. And then he's had the vision, which nobody, I mean, he got Ernst and young, you know, uh, entrepreneur award. I, 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 I want to say like in 15, I can look at it, but, he actually has such a great vision on how to run a company because when you put everything first about rescuing children and stop them from being exploited and rescuing human trafficking victims, every, the pieces fall, fall into place. So we had um, what we, you know, and we, we, we can get into that in a second on all who we are, but when it comes to Tim Ballard, he had the fortitude in the, in the, in the um, creativity and the ingenuity to set us up for success in OUR and and the, everything that we provide to, to whether the tools or the money or the you, you know digital forensics tools or canines or you name it uh, has been a tremendous asset every step of the way. And we've built the organization to where, you know, I tell people the reason I work here and the reason I love it. We are that 800 ground, 800 pound gorilla in the room when it comes to trafficking because yes some people get loud and they raise awareness and they tell people or they build a little house here and some girls get to safety he has created a model of privatizing the rescue of children you know we always talk about how the government screws things up or they can't do things right um and so you go and you oh well, i'm gonna go get private health care because i don't want government health care tim ballard embedded created and is kicking the world's butt on the privatization of of, of rescuing children yeah I, I got to meet Tim at a, a sneak preview of uh, Sound of Freedom in Los Gatos. I was very impressed with his humility. Um, it, it, you know, he would just engage with people. I got to pray with them. He, you know, he was really thankful for that. He's just a really solid guy. Um, <clears throat> so what, what we see happening here is you've got this this Hollywood. It's not Hollywood, though. It's an action movie coming out, Sound of Freedom. And it's telling the story of his life and the the, the changes he made to become to do what he's doing. 
but it's it's not just it's not not a documentary it is an action film it's a it's a heartfelt film it has full of hope when you get done seeing the movie you're thankful you saw it even though there's hard times in it it's not super graphic even though it's it the stuff that's going into it's not good it doesn't so you like i want to just want to encourage people out there to you can take you know your spouse to see it and your friends to see it um and you know they're not going to be it's you know so so it, so it is a it is a, a an action film um and with a with a very strong and powerful message and then what we're also we also got going on are these you know this film that you're going to be showing which is a documentary is more in detail to, you know that's tomorrow night in sacramento you're going to be showing that film right the triple take film yep so those are the those are the some of the big things coming out but it's interesting because we've been talking about this for a while that july would be a big month um, we sensed it in the spirit as we were praying we sensed it we've heard it on you know hear, hearing people just kind of rumblings going around as you're following the various channels and various informants and um, people that are trying to wake, wake people up to what's going on. We, we, we set, we hear over and over again that July is a big month. And so it just looks like it's really setting up to be a, a big month to wake people, to wake people up. So, well, it's obviously coming out on independence day, right. Or freedom day. Right. And, and it is the sound of freedom and, and the way that he gets that title, um, uh, you know, you'll get to see it tomorrow. I believe you're coming out as well. Um, yeah. You know, he says, Hey, this is, that's the sound of freedom. Wait till you see it live, you know, yeah. like the real, cause you've said, you know, you've seen the theatrical play of it. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's amazing. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know the chatter. Um, I was there when um, he happened to be in San Clemente where I office and um, division he built there and uh, he got off the phone and was just so excited. And I said, what is it? He said, he said, the producer is going through, with, with angel studios. And so this has all happened very fast because, you know, a lot of the rumblings were, you know, people wanted to see this film and I, and I get it, but you know, with, with there's no sh business like show business, like you, you know, you, they tried this route and that route and the producers and the directors. And it's, it's, it's like when you let God's providence take over, it's amazing because all of a sudden now it's angel studios. They have like 10 million pre-sales. It's like one of the highest, pre-sell movies ever they're saying it's just like smashing and you're right when you you know there's a scene in there and you know what's going to happen and you, you you know when you when you see that father walk to go get you know his daughter and she's not there and you know that's and, and you're right i don't think you have to you know do anything crazy is that a spoiler alert no, <laughs> no you just you know what's going to happen you, you just oh. scoot yeah. a mile away and <laughs> the point to all of it is is that, you, you know, you're just in these situations where you don't have to be graphic and you don't have to be heinous to get your point across. And that's what I think this film does very well is it just sucks you in and, and you really want to jump on the screen and go rescue these kids. Like you, mm. you just, yeah. that's all you do. And so, like you said, you, you don't leave there, you know, without hope. And that's the biggest key is we talk about that with our survivors and we talk about that mentality of like, you know, we, we, if they can just pray a little longer and hope a little longer, like we're coming for you. Yeah. And wow. uh, that's the biggest thing is when you do a rescue and someone says, I, I didn't think anybody was coming for me. I didn't think you would know about me. And it's like, yeah, why would you know about some little town in the middle of nowhere, you know, in the, in this big planet? So. Yeah. Hey, Rob, could you shift just a little bit to your right, maybe to with that light? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. You're glowing yeah, like the presence of God back there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. 
Beautiful. Well, Chris, uh, you got some great questions. Why don't you ask Rob a few questions? I got a few more. Just go for it. Let's let's keep get back into this here. Yeah. Now I'm curious. You know, there was a, a delay on the movie. Um, yeah. of what three years? And so I was curious. What do you think? Was that like spiritual warfare, or were there people that didn't want this thing to go through, like uh, banksters, mobsters? Is there a little bit of a nefarious? delay or was it just um the way things happen so what was with that delay of three years you know i i, I mean i think the movie was you know re-edited a, a little bit as well i think there was some production you know delays and, and stuff like that but i think i can't really speak to it because i'm not again OUR doesn't really own the film or have anything to do with it i mean i i think it's just difficult right you you know someone gets excited about the film and they're like yeah do we really want to be in the child, you know, trafficking, saving business, you know, it's even when I go to corporations and I look for sponsors, it's hard to get, you know, a, a mainstream sponsor. Um, really? You know, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough subject matter. People, one, they don't want to believe it's going on. It goes on all the time. It's happening right here. It's happening right where all three of us are sitting. It, it, that's what people think it is always in some foreign country. Um, but no, it's happening right here. Um, and we actually have a movie called it's happening right here. You can, you can buy it right off our website and, and that's good if you have kids, um, to let them watch it and, you know, make sure they're not being groomed or be aware of being groomed and so, so on and so forth. But, you know, look, I've seen spiritual warfare in this off in this, in this, um, role hundred percent. I mean, I've, you know, I've had people straight up, you know, yell at me and, you know, you know, I'm the bad guy and all these things, you know, you just, that's what's going to happen when you go up against, you know, I really believe the devil because you're messing with, you know, this is God's children, devil's property and, you know, the wars in between. So um, I, we see spiritual warfare all, all the time. We see, you know, contracts or something get canceled or, oh, I, I read this bad piece about this, that or the other, you know, disgruntled person here. I just, you know, you just never know. And you get hit from a lot of places, but I would say 95% of the people in the folks that were around are, are real fighters for us and, um, and, and we're making a difference. I really do believe a lot of our nicks and bruises, you know, are starting to make scars. You know, I really, you know, there's, there's a, you know, an Island in Mexico that was very well decimated by us uh, taking out like one of the number two traffickers in that region. And I think that, you know, that's spooking places now and people are, you know, they're much more reluctant to try to move property, you know, which they see that a human being is their piece of property. Um, and so I, I think we're starting, you know, we're, we're starting to make, you know, what I, what I call significant strides. Now, a lot of the extractions um, that I hear about are, uh, are in foreign countries like Afghanistan or probably Ukraine too, um, and Mexico. And yet we have open borders right now, and we know that there's an unprecedented number of un, um, they're both uh, unaccompanied and they, they don't have any paperwork of minors uh, through the cartel systems in America. Many of, of I mean, it's in, in America, obviously, it's right across our borders. The cartels are in our big cities. Uh, we are an occupied country. Do Are the extractions that... Um, Operation Underground Railroad does, are they primarily foreign or domestic? Yeah, so they're always going to be 
foreign, right? And remember, it's not. So I think that's always good to categorize. You have to understand, okay, we exist to rescue children from being sex trafficked or exploitation. Now, what does that mean? What is that model? look like what is that privatization of rescuing children talk about so and, and you have to understand we're, we're we're four pillars right so pillar number one being international operations and rescues so we go into foreign countries and we make friends we uh provide tools and training and equip these international uh, offices that don't have any divisions whatsoever of anti-trafficking um, we help them get up and running. In some cases, I even think like Uganda, we set up law offices so they can create laws against human trafficking. Imagine there's places that don't even have the laws. Um, so we go in there and we want them to get all the glory. Um, one of the best partners we have is Columbia. They love us. We love them. We've given them awards. Um, so they will. we will go in, build prosecutable cases when we're needed, and they will then um, you know, use that, use that case. And we want them to get the glory, the, the, the Colombians stopped, you know, this trafficking. Um, so that's what we do on the international scale is we literally train and give tools. Um, you know, we start out as that fisherman forum, and then eventually we hand that fishing pole off and then we work tandem and they'll give us cases to continue to work. I mean, we have a 25 man team in Bangkok, Thailand, that then oversees the entire Southeast Asia region and 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 works on those. And so, yes, a lot of the times they are there, you know, extractions, you know, they do happen. But, you know, it's it's, it's sting operations. Right. The money exchanges hands. We're going to do a traffic just like you would almost a drug deal. And once the money's exchanged and testimony and all that's on documented, then, yes, the the, the federalities or whichever police for that country roll in arrest the traffickers, then we have the prosecutable cases, we get the kids right away to number two on our pillar, right? Being number two is um, a rescue doesn't happen without aftercare. We, we won't do any rescue if, if there's no immediate therapist to put these uh, survivors into, we're not going to do it. And so then what we do is um, you can't be everything to everyone and be everywhere all at once. So we have created partners in aftercare and we have an entire aftercare division and region that overlooks and they do nothing but put these workers right so if we go do a rescue in cambodia in some village or something we're not going to be able to leave our people there so we will use their houses their resources pay for all of it foot the bill get these kids you know housing feeding clothing um, make sure that they can stay in this house if it's safe or find their parents, make sure they can go home, make sure the parents weren't part of the problem. And then we get them into these aftercare facilities that'll then usually about a two year period is what we see they through therapy and education and getting their life. And then, and, and then there's a life after trafficking. So that's that pillar number two. So you've got on the international side, um, you know, all of the investigations, you know, leading up to the to the arrests, the rescues, and then they're in the aftercare and they get to go on with their life after trafficking. And so people are just amazed by this. You know, we've been able to, you know, one point just be in a handful of countries and now we're in 45. And these are real partners. Like there's major work going on, you know, out of Greece. There's major work going on in the African nations. There's major work going on in the Asian. We are doing a great job in Central and Latin Americans and Latin Americas. And the and, and it just expands, right? So we did a rescue in Ecuador. We're down there. We're, um, we sent doctors and dentists to look at these kids that have never been seen. And, you know, the vice, you know, president um, 
the vice interior minister president. I apologize. I don't get his title wrong, but you know, he gifts us a building, you know, for the kid, you know, it's a sport court. And then upstairs we'll have technology where we can help them learn how to either code or whatever it takes so that you don't want recidivism, right? The last thing you want is you do a rescue, you get them into aftercare, and then there's nowhere for this person to go because they're going to fall right back into it because they want the money or they need to survive themselves. Um, and that's why prosecutor cases are so important, right? Because you get a trafficker off the streets. That's that's a big deal. That's a lot of trafficking you've just uh, also prevented. So um, that's what happens is the countries start becoming really good friends to OUR and OUR's uh, indebted to them and uh, OUR and vice versa. And then the partnerships just are amazing uh, in the work we're doing. Good. Okay. So mainly it sounds like it's not domestic work, but it's, it's international work that you're doing. On those big investigations, right? Because that leads me into the third pillar of what OUR does, which I was telling you with the gentleman, his name's JC Holt. He runs our domestic operations. He makes um, relationships with law enforcement locally um, and finds out what they need. And they're like, look, we really need this software. Uh, our budget's been cut. It's a $16,000 license. Um, you know, uh, and then we go in, we see, you know, what they're telling us, right? Like, yep. That's there's trafficking that we believe the numbers are high in that area. And then we'll supplement their budgets for them. So we'll cover those costs, um, you know, spending millions of dollars with domestic law enforcement throughout the country. So we have Homeland security, we have operational, you know, marshals, we have, um, you know, every division under the sun, right in, in America. So they're always going to, the United States is always going to run their own operations. We don't, they don't need us. They, they, where they need us is we have a canine program. We've graduated like 74 dogs. I think we have 37 active in the United States right now. It's probably more. It all, you know, the numbers are always increasing and changing. There's like a second dog on the way to Canada. We've got one dog in Thailand. And so what these dogs do is they're going to go in and they're going to sniff out your electronic electronics there's a glue in here that binds the the computer chips and the molds and the copper and all that stuff and when they fuse it and so on and so forth so these dogs get trained to sniff out these devices and everybody wants a dog and those are something really cool when you look up our dogs and you're able to follow them on instagram and they get these big followings it's hilarious we love them uh, we just raised a, a nice number for a dog in um in uh, Southern California with a nice group, but that's a big deal. So we can give them mobile labs, which is they pull up to a house. They're able to process the information right there. They have the digital forensics tools we've, we've, we've paid for the digital tools that'll go in and unlock the phone, um, get them the information they need um, that'll prosecute. And then also leads to other networks. And that was a big deal. This, this dog found all this evidence in uh, Mexico city. It led to Ecuador and, it was an amazing story there. And um, again, at the end of the day, um, we're supplementing and augmenting um, police in the United States. That's what we do domestically. So when people give to us, your money does end up in the hands of domestic and then also aftercare uh, in the United States as well. We have some great partners like the Phoenix Dream Center uh, and others where, again, it can be from dilapidated houses that are completely, you know, 20 grand to, you know, rebuild and frame a little differently so that people have safe rooms um, and so on and so forth. So that's what we're doing domestically. Um, so that's the international side, the aftercare side domestically. And and, and questions, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, I was going to question a little bit about so that the dogs <clears throat> can smell the glue in all devices. So we're talking like if someone has material that they're, you know, a, a child being basically we're talking 
rape. rape. They have it on an SD card this big, and they can stick it in the wall or put it under the bed. Like so, the dog can sniff that out just as well as a, a phone. Yep, yep. So a human will miss seventy five percent of what these dogs are catching. I mean, there was one time this dog kept plonking at the shower head, like the shower head, and the handler was like, "I whatever, we got what's in here." They go to the mobile lab, right? Like kind of a big box truck with a bunch of digital forensics tools in there. They start downloading and looking at all the images and they keep seeing images of like when someone's showering and he's like son of a gun. And so he walks back into the house and he literally goes to the shower head. And sure enough, there was a, a video camera in the shower head. The dog was correct. He was sniffing it out. And he just was like, I couldn't figure it out. And so he's, he's like, you have to trust your dog. Like if it's telling you something, it's there. Um, and, and, and it's a really neat story. It's uh, Jordan uh, canine detective services, I believe is the one who does all the training. Uh, but we, 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 um, we, um, we funnel everything. We send the handlers there, the person that's going to handle the dog. We put them up, we pay for it. It's $15,000 to pay for one of these dogs. Um, and like I said, everybody wants one now and, and, uh, it's become so amazing. And they're, the, they're the, my favorites, Kahu in Hawaii. He's awesome, man. He <laughs> busted up this little eight ring. Yeah. You know, it was pretty bad, but, uh, anyways, uh, sorry, I'm fidgeting with my thing again, I'm trying to, the sun keeps moving on me guys. Sorry. <laughs> no worries, man. Well, that's, that's great. So then you move into like aftercare then you so you said aftercare is a big thing of what you guys do i think when i was talking um i was talking to tim at this he we were doing question and answer he said that there was three aftercare homes safe homes in every state in the union in the in the united states so domestically they have those um those are are those are run by operation underground railroad or those are actually just partnered with them Partnered again, our model in order to keep doing what we're doing, it would be you, you would we we'd run out of funds, you know, in a New York minute trying to build safe houses everywhere. So we think that there are professionals that already know how to do that and run that. And we foot the we foot a lot of those bills. Right. So so we spend millions of dollars, you know, like once they're in aftercare, like on therapy. Right. So that we know they're in a safe place. They can get therapy at this place. Um, but, yeah, we're footing a lot of the bills. I mean, I, I went to. This little orphanage outside of, I want to say, Patia City in Thailand. And I met the guy there and that's running it. And he gave me a big hug. And it's like, you know, I'm just a development officer back in the States. Trying. And he's like, no, we love you. You guys came in three years ago. I was going to close the doors. You guys pay for everything, you know. Um, and then what we do is we have a gal named Jessica. And she goes around the world um, constantly checking in. So there's, a, there's like a system on, you know, are they bossing the kids around? Are they, you know there's a checklist on this aftercare that, that they hit off. And so there's some aftercare places we've turned down. Ooh, we're not going to use that aftercare facility. We just, there's just certain guidelines and metrics we have, you have to hit. And that's what we do. And, and again, it's, it fits the model so well because you're now, we can go anywhere and rescue any child. And it's not and it, because you can't, you can't do a rescue without aftercare. You have got to get these, these, they are shocked to the core. You know, they need they need they need de de decompressing from all this right away with 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 aftercare, the 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 psychological, you know, effect from it just and sometimes getting out of slave clothes. Right. Just a new set of clothes. Right. So all these things. Right. But at the end of the day, it's it's such a model that works because, you know, there are tons of aftercare experts out there and, you know, 
we're fortunate enough that, you know, we can do an aftercare, you know, for X amount of dollars as opposed to thousand times cost that. And then infinity, right? Because, you know, costs go on forever, but um, it's an amazing way to do it. Uh, and then we meet some of the best partners uh, out there. That's great. Sorry. Chris, I know you had more questions for Rob. Yeah, I would, you know, you, you're, um, you're a man that was in a very successful business prior to partnering with um, mm -hmm. Operation Underground Railroad. And so there, I'm just curious, what is it that mobilized you mm. to shift from what you were doing, leaving a successful marketing um, business and step into a brand new role? What, did you have an epiphany or what, what really got you from being a spectator to a participant? I think like any human being that kind of gets to live, you know, you go through a maturation. Um, I've always been a late bloomer personally. Um, I was 40 years old and, and I'm, you know, you know, always been top one, top two, top three, top five sales, whatever, always on the top of the board, work, work my craft very, very diligently, um, go out there and, and, and do a good job in sales. And, um, I, as a, I think when you start getting in the Bible, right, the word of God, I'm a Christian. Um, this is just me personally speaking. Um, I started wanting to live God's will. I was a big reflection on my life. I realized I was living Robert Lewis's will and that was just make a bunch of money and whatever. And it, it it's good. It puts food on the table. But for me as a God fearing soul, I, I was like, Lord, you, you've given me a talent. And that talent is I connect quickly with people. I pretty much like everybody. You've got to be a real bad, bad dude. I mean, when you believe in a, in a Christ that forgives seven, you know, times, you know, 77, you, 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 you tend to, you know, obviously let people, you know, work out their, their bad intentions or their bad misdeeds. So you can, you know, you redeem them or they can redeem themselves. But I started praying. I started praying. Sit. And I said, Lord, use my talent for greatness. I don't, I don't want just to have money and food on the table. And uh, I, lo and behold, get a chance to meet with Tim Ballard. And um, he, he, we're having a great dinner and uh, just a pizza, you know, nothing, nothing fancy. And he looks at me and he just said, so you ready to give all this up and come work for me? And I was like, that's a great question, Tim. So I go home that night and, uh, and I watched operation two saint and, um, and, and I start and, and I'm crying and I'm laughing at the same time because I start chuckling and I just, I was like, Lord, I prayed for two years mm. and I didn't know what my life, where it was going to go. And so I had gotten COVID and was knocked down pretty hard from it. <laughs> my wife got nothing from it. The kids, nothing. And, uh, it rolls over them. Right. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and I said, I get through this COVID garbage. I come out of all this alive. I'm, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to, I'm going to call, I'm going to take the calling. And I sure enough went through the interview process. And I said, I think I'm called to do this and I'm going to do it. And, um, and in like one year, like my life has changed so much. 
now, now I've seen it and I, and I can't, I can't unsee it. And uh, I have so much purpose, obviously, um, because the next time I raise a million dollars, I don't go to a president's club and, you know, just eat a bunch of steak and really, you know, just self-indulge. Um, I know there's kids being rescued. I know I get to, you know, I get to see when we break up a beggar's ring, you know, just recently with two, three and four year olds, you know, I get to see, uh, you know, a, a little boy collapsed in his dad's arms because he just got rescued and didn't, you know, he's just realizing what's happened to him. Um, you know, I get to see a little girl say, I didn't think anybody was coming for me. Um, mm. I get to see, I get to see survivors come to us, work for us and be like, I love OUR. You OUR is my hero. And, and then to be associated with that, right. Cause you get lumped in. Right. And, and it's just, it's the biggest blessing um, I've ever seen, um, you know, is, is, is giving, giving, giving to something greater than you. And, uh, and, and, and it's just been an amazing ride. Like I said, I, I, I now I know what we do. Um, you know, I, I know exactly. I mean, I, I see it every day and, and it, it, it actually motivates me more. It motivates me more to do the next podcast or the next screening or the next hundred calls that I was already making, you know, prior anyway. So, so thanks for asking. Um, you know, but, um, but I just, I just felt like there's a certain point you hit in your life and you say, Lord, if this is about you, then let's make it about you. Yeah. That's good. Well done. Well done for stepping out and actually uh, walking the talk. So that's very motivating to all of us. Um, you know, Ukraine is in our news quite a bit. And uh, we we cover it on Wake the Bear Radio because we're we're very conscious that Ukraine has been a manipulated. The media manipulate a lot of things, and uh, so there's often a story told through media. Uh, one of the things we do know that Ukraine has been one of the highest child traffickers and organ harvesters and. Um, and number two, so, yeah, number two in, in the world because in the world. of the most corrupt countries in the world behind Brazil. Yeah, and, so, and we, you know, we're always very concerned when our American government is so enamored with with such a corrupt government. But to, can you tell us any activities uh, that um, might have gone on in Ukraine, or uh, does uh, Operation Underground Railroad do any work there? So that's. Um... I don't know if you guys recall, but a lot of the press going around about Mel Gibson making a documentary exposing pedophilia and all those things. So this is how all that came about. Um, and it's a tremendous story, right? And this is why I love Tim Ballard and I love Catherine Ballard. And we do, and we'll get to the fourth pillar as well, which is about Catherine. So Catherine's a sweet soul. It's Tim's wife and she's a deep prayer and a very religious person. And she's praying and she tells Tim, like, you, you have to go to Ukraine. And he's like, what? Why would I go to Ukraine? Like the war's breaking out. She's like, it's harvest time. You know that when, when any type of like crazy catastrophic event happens, that's when the traffickers move in. That's when very dangerous people move in for a myriad of reasons. They'll just write like orphanage on a wall and you're like, Oh, these kids lost their parents in the war. And they're not really an orphanage. They just write orphanage and they take the kids and out the back they go. And um, she tells him he's got to go. And uh, at the time, he gets a random call from like 
um, Mel Gibson basically saying, hey, um, I have orphanages on the borders of Ukraine. Can you make sure that, you know, that we find, can we make sure that they're not being, you know, devastated or taken from? And so anyway, so Tim ends up getting like this mission to go to Ukraine. And it was about because of our expertise and working with this other group called Area Recovery and um, Free Your Girl they were all working in efforts coordinating together to make sure that the orphanages, that the kids didn't get like ransacked out of there. And then they had like, you know, a thousand, it started with like 500 missing orphan or orphans and then it just kept growing. Right. So they kept basically busing and getting the people to the right place. And we know how to vet, right. We talked about that aftercare kind of know. Okay. So Tim, I don't know what that final number was, but it was a big number that he got these kids to safety. And so he was there. And while he's there, because he's there, only because he's there, does this organization hear about him. And they're like, mm -hmm. we have a major situation in Mexico City with a, with a, with a, with a fugitive. And so they, Tim starts to do his entrapment work with this fugitive. And one thing leads to another that leads to another. And I don't want to ruin it because it's a good documentary coming out called The Hidden War. So all I can tell you about the Ukraine um, for OUR is we went there uh, and it's crazy how they got in the country. They were like, not going to let us in as he, I wasn't there, but um, we were there to safeguard children, make sure that they get to the orphanage. It is safe orphanages. It's a safe refuge. And there's a big number. And I know it's well over. I, it's a big number that they got and made sure those kids were there. So that's what OUR did um, with a couple other nonprofit NGOs in that region. Um, and that'll be a great one to watch again called Hidden War. It's going to be, I think, a four-part docu-series. I, I heard Tim said that there was like 50 names that he gave them. And they said, 50? We got like 10,000 kids yeah. that we're trying to find. It's like. Yes, that is correct. That's very. Yeah. Uh, I think at the time it was like seven. We started at like 700. And the list like went to 1,000. We're like, okay, we're going to get a 700 to 1,000 kids to the safe houses and make sure they're in safe, you know, cause these are orphans. They ain't got any parents. And then the ones that are getting blown up and the ones that are dying in the battlefield and, and, uh, and, and yes. And then it just grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And so then they, they, you know, Ukraine, uh, you know, did everything they could to get us the information from what I know. Wow. So at least they're, you know, care about their kids. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there's look, it, it doesn't matter where you are. There's bad stuff everywhere. You know, I, I know I hear a lot about Ukraine and, 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 you know, that's a sensitive topic left, right and center. But, you know, that all I can tell you is this is what I love about Tim Ballard. When the call comes down the line, this is the guy that you want because he, he heeds the call. Hmm. So Great. in your organization, I know part of your, your job is fundraising, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it, most people want to know where does if I give you a hundred dollars, mm -hmm. how much of that goes to, you know, break down, where does that money go? Because people want to, um, we vote with our money. We, you know, we, we've seen that with our recent uh, Budweiser and Target, uh, <laughs> not, not spending money. Uh, so if, when we, where we put our money, it is, it's actually a spiritual activity. So mm -hmm. if we give, a uh, hundred dollars to great Operation Underground Railroad. What what would it go to? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think at one point, like we were in the 80 percentile of like every bit of your dollar goes to the mission. I know when COVID happened, the borders like shut. We couldn't even go into like countries like it really hurt us 
like because the money dropped into like the 70, but it's like something like high 70, almost like 78, 75, something like that. 75 cents of every dollar you send us is going to the mission. Okay. And so that's one of the four pillars. So it's either, right. It's either going to the mission overseas. It's either going to, um, right. It's either going here, um, uh, to aftercare it's then or to domestic. And then the fourth pillar, let's talk about the fourth pillar since you brought that up. Um, at the end of the day, Catherine created, um, what's called, um, children need families. And so what that is, is when Tim did the rescue in Haiti and loved these kids so much, he's like, I'm adopting them. He adopted two children. Well, he didn't know the type of investigation and right. Being an investigator, how much of an investigation it would be just to get these kids, the problems of getting kids out of foreign countries into the United States, even, you know, for adoption purposes. And then finally, the amount of money it would cost, right? Who's got $50,000 laying around that want to rent, that want to adopt children. So Catherine started children that need families. And basically that pays for all of um, the adoption process where sometimes you can only get like 500 bucks, 2,500 bucks for an adoption grant. At most we've paid anywhere from, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, $60,000, and so I think right now they're averaging like seventeen to twenty-five thousand dollars in in uh, in um, in paying for the adoption. So again, someone doesn't want a child in this whatever Belize, and they put it up for adoption. It meets the requirements of the Smith family in the United States. They apply the, for the grant with us. We cut the check. That Belizean kid now comes to America, gets to live hopefully a wonderful life. And it's a huge prevention tool because that imagine being orphaned, you know, in a foreign land, you know, we know how tough our own, you know, orphanages are here, just in the United States and what kind of lives those lead to the hard knocks life. Uh, well, think, think how much we're saving now a child that very well could have ended up in the trafficked world, you know, or what, or worse, you know? So that's that fourth pillar, but yeah, that's your money's either going international it's going uh, to the aftercare, it's going to domestic, uh, or it's going to children that need families. So about and, all 20... and all of our financials, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. It's all posted on the website. You can go. Yeah, so about 25% is uh, overhead, uh, is management. I don't know the exact numbers, so I, I don't, I can get, I can get those out, but we're, we're in the 70 percentile of every, yes. And then, and right. we, and again, we're, we strive to, we're going to get, we're going to get back um, one day to, to a big number like 90, uh, the best thing you can do too, is you can buy OUR, go to the OURstore.com. So you buy our gear, a hundred percent of those profits, like if they run a very small profit to sell our t-shirts, right. Um, they'll use a lot of that budget to cover the admin and overhead. So you're not paying for, you know, me to take Sally out to, to lunch and tell her about, um, OUR you know, your money, your mission dollars are getting, are getting to the mission that I can guarantee you on a big number. Um, and so those are all, it all has to be reported. I don't know the exact number last year, but I, I want to say it was like 70 it's, it's right around. I, I think we're in the mid high seventies and we've yeah. been in the I believe. And so tomorrow, tomorrow night, you've got this event where you're actually going to be showing triple take to a lot yep. of your supporters in in Sacramento. And are there any seats left for that for people who are really like, Oh so man, I, I, really wanna... I did a count right before I came on. I think we're around like 85 and there's seats 111. So, uh, it's going to be close. Um, and I think a lot of, some people did in RSVP and we're going to have some people coming in at the last minute. 
So then would if someone's like, hey, I got to go to this. I need to be a part of it. I want to find out yeah. more about Can they contact you here at your email here? It was, yeah, it was just text me. Text me. Just show up tomorrow. You know, they always say 5 or 10% of the people don't even show up, even though they've RSVP'd. But just just get to the Country Club Cinema in Sacramento tomorrow. Uh, I'll be there. It starts at 5. Let everybody kind of get their popcorn, sit down. 5.30, I'll do, a, you know, basically the four pillars presentation, but it more in depth. I'm going to do all the numbers that uh, for the trafficking numbers here in California, California, Sacramento area. And then we'll roll in and then we'll roll into triple take and they'll get to see a, a rescue that's been documented. Yeah. Okay. So I'm coming, I'm bringing one of the elders of my church and I might bring another pastor from Monterey and he actually is going to bring, he's actually starting to help um, with the trafficking issue in Monterey. So he might yep. bring a, a, a friend of his who was trafficked and is now free. So she, she might Amen. come as well. So. Amen. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's not, there's nothing, too tough about watching this film from the point of it's not like x-rated or anything so yeah yeah um, you know it's the takedown mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, the, it's the calvary it is in. oh man and when the calvary comes in, i get teary-eyed every time wow that's cool wow well there's a hero i think in all of us we want to we we just want to see this wicked despicable um largest money-making industry in the whole on the whole globe of yeah. uh, not just child trafficking but human trafficking uh, we want to see it shut down and come Amen. to an end and um help us do just, it yeah we'd love like to we're the, re we're the real deal like if you saw if you every two weeks sat in on the report updates right i mean and the other thing too is you want good news go to our rescue.org and get on that blog every couple of weeks we post a you know usually a good story you know um how we stopped this or prevented that or saved this person uh, i love reading our blog um you know i mean operation captalaya was one of my favorites last year 81 kids rescued you know in a 16 you know traffic green takedown in the dominican republic uh we did just we we we, we start we, we stopped this like nasty gang out in out in greece um, you know, it's just, like I said, there's, it's happening everywhere and, you know, it's, it, and we're, we're trying to stop it, but at the end of the day, you know, you know, we, we always, you know, for the one, right. Is a, a lot of sayings we have around here. You know, if we did it all for just the one person, you know, would we, would it be all worth it? And we always agree and say yes, but it's always for the one. And when you go, when you go looking for the one, you end up finding like, you know, everyone. And that's, and that's, and that's what, that's what I love about this job. And that's what I'm saying there's activating the sun never sets on trafficking and it's just yeah. ongoing and ongoing and ongoing. And hopefully I, I think one day, you know, we, there, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's, you know, not, you know, we, we are going to knock out, you know, I, I know it's a lot of like, um, we, you know, we have, we have, we chopped off the snake's head as they say, no, but we are throwing some major, major artillery at it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we track a lot of issues like this. Uh, one of the ones we track, obviously, is uh, the abortion issue. You know, they overturned Roe v. Wade, and, and so now there's these local battles going on for that. And we, we're a firm believers. We're also, obviously, Christians, too. Everybody on our show knows this. We firmly believe that there's a war on children. Um, there's a war on the weak and the poor and the needy. There's a war on on, on, on the, the most vulnerable among us. And... And it's not just it starts it starts from the moment of conception, that war, all the way through the to, through birth and after. And then 
you know, and, and so we're just, we just have been seeing um, the darkness is beginning darker, but the light is beginning brighter. And so we're, uh, one of the things we say here on, on Wake the Bear Radio is that we're constantly seeing patriots who be, are becoming Christians, people that are patriots already, but they become, they become Christians, they get activated. And we're seeing, um, you know, Christians who are becoming patriots, you know, um, not just not just a bunch of theology, but actually um, living out the, the you know, what, how Christ would call us to live and, and making a difference. You know, one of the things that Jesus said when he prayed, he said when he tell, told the, his disciples how to pray, he said, pray that as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. And it's interesting because when you pr- you only pray for that, which you believe you, is God's will. So, you know, sometimes I'll pray for people that they'll, they'll, they'll come to a saving knowledge of Jesus, you know. Well, I have to believe that God wants everybody saved to pray for every, you know, to pray and act on his behalf to see people saved. You know, we have to, we, we only pray for the things we believe God wants. And so um, I believe that, you know, one of the things that Wake the Bear is about is actually challenging Christians to get active in every facet of culture, all seven mountains of all seven mountains of culture and it's entertainment and media and, and government and education. All of these, you know, are, are an area where God, where Jesus has told us, pray that as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. So you're, we're asking God to bring in the resources of heaven and the, you know, in, in heaven, there's nobody starving. There's no, there's no evil. There's no, you know, in heaven, is it's the righteous rule and reign of God, the righteous rule and reign of God. So when we pray, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth, we're saying, Lord, bring the attributes of heaven into every organization, into every system, into mm-hmm. every denomination, into every organization on the planet. And, and we're called as Christians to be salt and light, which is salt causes the um, stops things from decaying, right? Salt makes things taste good. So it stops the decay, makes things taste good. And light blows up in the darkness, right? It, it, it exposes the darkness. So that's what believers should be doing in our nation and around the world. And that's what OUR is doing is that they are, they're, they're saying the righteous rule and reign of God needs to come into these places and, and expose the darkness, destroy it, cast it out, and, and, and be something that occupies until Christ returns. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the big, yeah. you know, some of the big things that we talk about. Okay. Yeah. And we know that uh, for evil to flourish, all it takes is for good, good men and women to do nothing. And um, I think one of the goals that we wanted to have tonight is to uh, take the idea of human trafficking that, oh, it's, it's that third world country or it's somewhere way out there. And, you know, I can't do anything about it. The, the reality is these are real people. These are children from parents like us mm-hmm. and that um, they may be trafficked thousands and thousands and thousands of time until they're no longer marketable, right? And then they're further trafficked, aren't they? I mean, yeah. they, are, they are extinguished for their organs, they're extinguished for their tissue, um, there, there, uh, many of them are, uh, just have, you know, death isn't the end of, of extracting the, the finances, the children are the elites and people are the elites biggest commodity. 
Mm. And that's, that's the reality of it. So it's not just, yeah, it's not just a poor country. Um, Most of what's going on is a highly um, organized corporate business with um, gangsters and mobsters and, uh, banksters with lots and lots and lots of money. And so uh, we appreciate that you are leaving the 99 for the one. No, that's uh, a great point because, um, you know, sometimes we've had, we had a trafficker elude us for three years. And the first time we went to arrest her, um, she was tipped off by the cops because they, we said, don't issue the warrant, right? As soon as they issued the warrant, Right. We were supposed to meet a half hour later. We said, you know, issue the warrant like as we're meeting the person. No. So the trafficker gets tipped off, literally calls Tim on the phone thinking he's, a, you know, part of the businessman in this deal and says, hey, don't show up. It's a setup. They're going to trap us. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. Right. Like there's nothing you can do. He has to play into it, that, you know, because he's acting like he's a bad guy. So that. The, 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 we just did a recent rescue where they we went to the federal level of this. Well, they made us. The way it worked out was like we had to go to the federal level because if they tell the local cops that this, this is all going down, the traffickers would have been tipped off. And so that's that's what I'm saying. Like you can work with the like, all of these great people inside these countries and they have to like maneuver around their own corruption. Hmm. Um, and they're, they're heroes. I think the, the other thing, too, the one thing I will say about, you know, Westerners are a lot of the problem. Right. This is, you know, the United States men leaving the country, seeking this garbage is a big part of the problem. It is happening right here. Trafficking has been reported in all 50 states. Um, Or consuming the foreignly made porn. That's uh, some of it is snuff porn. Oh, yeah. Exploitation. Yeah. It's killed on film. And I mean, it's the perversion is. Yeah. Knows no bounds. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, all I was going to say to all of that is. At the end of the day, like that's, you know, that's the minefields we're moving through is there are no sure bets. There are no sure things. There are no guarantees. Um, these are all like very highly sensitive, long, you know, investigations. And again, like I told you from the beginning, these, these are prosecutable cases we're building um, because what does it do any good if, you know, nobody goes to jail or, you know, no kid or a kid falls back into this garbage or they retake them. Or like you said, then it gets worse and, you know, you never know what happens after that, but. Um, we've seen it all child sacrifice um, for, for purity, right? People think they're going to be pure if they chop a kid's wrist off, right? It's just, it's, it's insane. It's insanity. I don't even understand it. I don't even know how you'd even get those thoughts, but we've stopped it. Yeah, it's demonic, isn't it? It's the occult working and it is a spiritual warfare, but we, we are really excited that you're uh, in this fight. Yeah. And that you've said yes, and we just want to support you. So thank you so much. Yeah. You're very welcome. Thanks for being on tonight, Rob. And I'll see you tomorrow and uh, in Sacramento. Yeah. Yep. And keep fighting the good fight. And if you want to support Operation Underground Railroad, get a hold of Rob through these, his contact information here. And yep. uh, they'd be happy to use your talents, resources to, to free kids all around the world. Operation Underground Railroad. Thank you. Good night. God bless. This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO, 1080 on your AM dial.